1: Mobile hunters, our buddies over at Tethered are always innovating to keep us more mobile and in the game when it counts from the tethered one sticks the fast pack to the ultra lock saddle tethered is always designed to increase comfort and utility while reducing bulk, weight and fiddle factor of mobile hunting gear. And now they've outdone themselves yet again by creating the carbon fiber forged predator CFX platform, the latest fully featured mobile saddle platform that raises the bar for what's possible in mobile hunting gear. Whether you're new to saddle hunting or an old tree climbing veteran, go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting gear. Welcome to the Truth From A Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 376. Today, I'm joined by my buddy, the UP bowhunter, Todd Freeman, talking about killing bucks with wet feet and building a zero arrow. So stay tuned. What is up everyone happy wednesday to you hope you're doing well hope you are feeling fine on this whatever day this is i think it's the 21st of it. man it's crazy that we're already <clears throat> over halfway through through february it's almost prime time for shed season i hope you had a great valentine's day if you if you celebrate said holiday uh my wife and i've been together for so many years now valentine's day is more just a a reason for us to cook a uh a good dinner. We always just kind of have like the, the three of us, me, the wife, the kiddo exchange cards, <clears throat> have a dinner that we always like. We usually just do you know, like a steak of some sort scallops, you know, and then my, my daughter always likes to get the, uh, um, the heart shaped pasta or uh, ravioli filled with something. I don't, I don't know what it was. So that's what we did. Nothing too, nothing too awful. Crazy was planning to actually start doing some, uh, postseason work uh you know a little shed hunting which for me most of the time it's shed hunting in vain but <clears throat> nevertheless was actually going to get ready to get out to the north piece this weekend and uh pull cameras because uh, i've yet to check any of the camera i checked one camera up there in october i think it would have been the i think it was actually opening weekend i think it was the first week of october that i checked that camera because i don't think i checked it the second time i hunted it um, and I hadn't, I hadn't been back since cause I ended up killing a deer, you know, locally <clears throat> then was, you know, out of state and so forth. So I really haven't checked any cameras and a buddy of mine, uh, went and did a round. There was one camera that I thought might get stolen cause it was, it was in a good spot, but it was also in a spot that, um, you know, when I hung it, I was like, eh, man, this one might get legs. Right. And I, and I locked it up at the kind of the way I locked it up and stuff was, you know, <laughs> It was, it was more of a visual deterrent than it was like a physical deterrent. I guess we'll put it that way. Cause anyone who really wanted to take it probably can, um, with minimal, with minimal effort, but I thought it was a killer spot, huge scrape. Um, and so my buddy went and checked some of his cameras or pulled some of his, I guess it was maybe two weeks ago now. And, uh, lo and behold, camera's still holding strong was still there. He didn't have a card reader though, so he couldn't check it for me to see what was on it. So, my plan was to try this past weekend to get up there and check it but <clears throat> you know we got a fair amount of snow last weekend and then another you know nice uh like probably like another fresh four inches um i think it was on friday or maybe it was on oh no it was on saturday that we got that we got that um and so you know my plan i was off on monday um for national you know bank holiday type of deal and i was going to make a run up there and just check some crammers do some shed hunting and uh, the snow kind of put the kibosh on that. I thought I was going to get lucky and get up there early this year uh, because we haven't had a ton of snow necessarily uh, and not a, a bunch up there um, to speak of to this point. Um, but of course, you know, the time that I have off to go up there and do it, we, we get a nice blast of snow that kind of keeps me uh, keeps me out of there. But what really kind of got me pumped was uh, that same buddy that walked by my camera and gave me a heads up that it was still there. He was checking some cameras in and around you know, an area where I had scouted and I had hunted, you know, the, uh, this past year on two different hunts. And, um, there's a real good buck that's in that, in that area that, that he knew of and by through him, I knew of that was, that was there. Um, and, uh, he ended up getting him on camera again and he is a, a hammer, a a toad. I, I will venture to say, and I'm not elaborating at all. It is, uh, it is considerably a larger deer than the one that I shot in Kansas. So just to kind of put some framework around the caliber of deer um, that this is, which is awesome. Um, So I'm I'm chomping at the bit to get up there, check some cameras and see if we can't get some more intel. Maybe that deer is on one of the, one of those cameras and maybe we'll start to put some of those uh, collectively start to put some of those puzzle pieces together. But since we had the kind of the snowed in, not snowed in, but you know, the snow kind of put the kibosh on what I was planning to do for the weekend. I took advantage of having some free time and went down to my buddy Todd's place. Uh, Todd lives about an hour from me, uh, in, in Jersey. I had him on, you know, a while ago, probably a year or so ago and chopped it up. But Todd's been a traditional bow hunter for a bunch of years. I mean, he's got, he's been bow hunting for, I want to say close to 45 years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's been using, uh, using traditional equipment for the past, Uh, I think he said nine, it was nine or 10. Uh, He mentions it in the podcast. And the the biggest challenge for me in starting to make the switch over to shooting a traditional bow was, you know, it's, it's all kind of brand new to me. Um, You know, how you, you know, just to kind of be honest with my compound, you know, the bow that I shoot or bows that I've shot, I've always let someone else do the work on it, um, set it up you know, get it tuned and dialed in and stuff like that. And then most of the time I would build my own arrows, you know, I'd get them, cut them and, you know, fletch them and and do all that stuff. But, you know, at that point you really kind of tuning the bow and I don't have any of the equipment at my house to do that. So I always let someone else kind of handle that. My buddy, AJ out of Bob and AJ has always kind of took care of me in that regard. And it's a whole different ball game whenever you shoot a traditional bow, because you're tuning, tuning the arrow and it's it's a little bit of a process. It's not, it's not, it took, it was a much shorter process than I had, had originally thought, you know, when I mean, we spent some time in Todd's garage, kind of building my, my zero arrow and it went a lot quicker than I thought it would. Um, you know, it wasn't as I thought it was going to be a painstaking kind of process, but it, but it wasn't. And it was really enjoyable, especially to do it with a buddy. And Todd's been doing this for a long time. And he's very particular about things like his background as a mechanic and fixing things and making things right. Um so he's very kind of particular about things, which is awesome for me because you know I got a a great mentor. Um not just in the building of an arrow and things of that nature, but um you know Todd is um a, a really good archer. Um you know and is just you know believes in the traditional way is since he kind of made that in that transition so we talked a little bit about the process of building building the arrow it was just great to spend the day hanging out with him and then we got to kind of chop it up about his hunting season and then just we were in his basement so yeah a bunch of his mounts are in the basement so we kind of went through the different deer and got a little tidbit about you know each one of those because he's got some hammers in there and uh and he just happens to like bucks that have wet feet, and so I'll let him kind of explain that as we uh, as we get into the show. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. As always, thank you all for listening. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Truth From The Stand, Deer Hunting Podcast. Today, we are on site at my buddy, you know him, you love him, Mr. Todd Freeman, the youper, the UP bow
2: hunter. What's going on, man? Not much, dude. We're having a pretty good afternoon today, aren't we? After we finally got rolling after I got stuck at work for a little while hey, there. Dude, you gotta you gotta make that cheddar though.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then we also got Archie Bunker here trying yeah. to cause some cause some chaos. <laughs> like he had he wanted nothing to do with this like setup. I know. And but I told you this so, is his
2: bed. This is actually where he, he lays. So. Where he lays. And yeah. so
1: and then I put my
2: computer on it and he's
1: like in all the podcast stuff. He's like, dude, what's up? Yeah. Like <laughs> you got you're spreading all your human crap. Yeah, all over Yeah, I will mine. take
2: ownership of this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could actually probably slide it over if he, he's it, fine. If, if he, he wants to, be fine. if he wants to
1: lay on it. Yeah, I like the fact that you named your chocolate lab Archie after Archie Bunker.
2: Yeah, well, I, you know, growing up, that was a show we watch on TV a lot. And, Me too. That shows. Um, that shows how old we are, dude. It, yeah, it, it just happened to be. So when we got Archie, we got him as a puppy. We started thinking about getting a dog, and then we went and picked him out. Um, we picked a name, and it w- the name was Archie, that everybody kind of came up with. Right, and then um, my wife's grandmother's maiden name is Bunker. Are you serious? No, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I was like, all right, well, it's Archie Bunker then. Right, it, you know, that's and- a, that's
1: amazing, dude. The fact yeah. that your fam that her mother's is it was it her last name or her maiden name? Her maiden name. Her maiden name. Yeah. Oh.
2: He can lay there. You sure? Yeah, he'll be fine. All right. That's,
1: I'm move, I'm 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 trying to move some stuff around to give him some free reign. Cool.
2: I got both both uh ears are working right now too.
1: Yeah, sweet. Yeah, we'll be good. Actually Dude, I'm sorry me. about this. No, you're good. I'm just gonna I probably should have did this at the beginning and just realized like, hey, this is the dog's spot. But yeah, now we're all now we're all good. All right. The uh so you named him so Archie Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. For those that are listening that that maybe don't know, um I'll I'll say it this way. It was uh, the show's name was All in the Family, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was not the most um PC show in the no. world. We'll, we'll put it this way. If it was made today, it would be canceled in the first episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it would be like the new Roseanne <laughs> Barr show. Right? It, would be, it would be. It totally would be. Yeah.
1: But if you've never watched it, it was one of those shows that I watched with my my mom's dad, mm. like, religiously. Yeah. Like that, was like, that was his show. And he was kind of like an Archie Bunker. Buzzy? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: a little, gr- little grunty gr- you know, and groany yeah. and, yeah.
1: He was always just like... um I mean, he was he was a pleasant, a pleasant guy, but just I I don't know if it was that era of dudes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, he was just always
2: kind of. Well, I think when you think about those guys it's from that generation, I mean. They lived in a tunnel. Yeah. They didn't have the internet. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. had the people that they worked with. You know what I mean? Yep. And there was probably some characters of all different races and everything else. Yep. You know what I mean? That were there. And, man, maybe some of those races hit some stereotypes that were out there about that. You know what I mean? And they yep. just said, all more like that. You know, Every- all these kind of people are like that. And all these, you know what I mean? And like, it
1: didn't even matter. It would be... It would be as simple as like uh, I'm trying to think of like like from my from like my grandparents, but like it might be just someone with long hair. Right, and exactly. that, was, that was one of the characters yeah. on on All in the Family. Me- yeah, Meathead. Meathead. Yeah. 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 yeah, he was just he was a long hair like 70s hippie. Yep. You know, or disco guy. Yeah, you know exactly. exactly. You
2: know? Yeah, they're were like, I think they're hippies. Him and his, yeah. uh, Archie's daughter. Yeah, was hippies. a hippie. You know, I mean? yeah, kind of. Yeah,
1: but now we're totally off the beaten path. Like. If, Talking about Archie Bunker versus yeah. <laughs> like, but, So the moral of the story is the dog's name is Archie after Archie yeah, Bunker. That's it. Yeah, 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 Nice. But what uh what Todd was alluding to earlier, we had a pretty good day, you know, as as folks out there listening, and we'll talk about a bunch of different stuff today, bow hunting. We're gonna get into Todd's season and stuff like that. But um, you know, if anyone's been following this, especially for the past couple of weeks, you know, I've been playing around with traditional archery. Um, you know, Kind of making that transition making plans to make that transition and you know one of the hardest things is because it's there's some nuance and i don't know much about traditional bow hunting um just from what i picked up from friends and stuff like that but todd's been using or has been tr- using trad equipment for like you said this be year nine or ten this fall i think it's nine nine mm-hmm. and you are the one whenever i started like i think it was three years ago whenever mm-hmm. i kind of mentioned i was interested in Dabbling, you know. Yep. You were like, "Dude, do it." You're like, "You're gonna love it." And so then last year in the summer, you text me, and you're like, "Hey, I just bought an arrow building kit for you. It's mm-hmm. here. Whenever you're ready, you just show up. Whenever you're ready, to, ready yeah. To I got transition. a bow. I
2: got everything yeah. for you. Yep.
1: So you know, knowing that this was you know the thing that was uh, on my agenda to kind of make happen. um yeah, you know, I, I, I I pinged Todd or hit I hit him up and just said, hey, I, I think I'm ready to make the switch. You know, I've been listening yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I knew you were. Yeah, I've been listening. And uh, and like a good friend, you know, he was just kind of waiting for me to decide that I was ready to ready to kind of jump in. And um, you know, he, he basically just said, hey, pick a weekend you want to come down on a Saturday. Yep. We'll build you an arrow. Um, people who listen to this know that I had a couple recurves at the house, but Todd had a longbow that he wasn't using um, that he had at his place, and he. Basically said, hey, come down, shoot your bow, shoot the long bow, you know, knowing that you want to kind of get a long bow, just check this one out, Mm -hmm. see which one you like to shoot. And then if you like the long bow, like take that and use it for as long as you would like and we'll make an arrow. Yeah. So that's what we did today. Yeah. So we hung out. So how did I, how did I do? Like, so let me ask you this. Before I got here, right, Mm -hmm. what did you think would happen? And then how did I do?
2: Well, I think it went about... Same as what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I've been telling you for about a year now. You you know you got to be. You have to. It doesn't matter what arrow you use. Even if you use one with blazer veins on it. Right. Grab your grandpa's bow and go out there and start working on your form. Yep. And uh, and uh, I think you pr- probably pretty much did that. I mean, mm. um, the first couple of arrows went a little bit funny. I gave you an arrow to shoot and said, mm. I think this will be a good arrow for you. Let's start here. And we talked about like arrow, like broadhead weights, and you know what standard, what's a little bit heavier, and what, um, if you had to pick a weight right now, I would go with this weight because mm-hmm. every arrow comp or every broadhead company makes one in this weight, right? If we go a little bit higher, it might be, you know, you, your selection might be a little bit less, you know, you or know, whatever. So we want that and then man, dude, we, I put an arrow together for you, you took a shot and it was a little bit off. mm mm-hmm. And I said, okay, they'll just keep focusing in the center. And, or actually, I think you shot a couple of times and you started finding the center. And right. then I said, okay, now I really want you to look at that X in there. And you started doing it. And, dude, you were hitting axes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the arrow wasn't coming out of the bow exactly. We we had no idea. We were just working we started on it.
1: We just started with a full length arrow. Yeah, 34
2: inch yeah. vintage, Black Eagle vintage. Yep. Yep. And just said, start flinging this. Yeah. and.
1: You know, and you i mean I'll say this, man, you made it really comfortable, right because I told you before I even came down that mm-hmm. I was like i was uh and, and we've known each other for a little while, so I wasn't yeah. nervous to come down and shoot in front of you and hang out and you know and do that, yeah, I was nervous about whether or not because i wanna i wanna I, I really want to hunt with a traditional bow, mm-hmm. you know, and so well my, you better right I know <laughs> <laughs> my nervousness was more around am I gonna start trying to do this, and is it just gonna be am I gonna be so bad at it? and so shitty at it that i'm gonna be disappointed mm-hmm. you know and then and then maybe come to the realization that like hey maybe this isn't for me you know yeah. that's what i was nervous about but you made it really comfortable and just like the tips that you were giving me how to feel things you know you weren't you weren't overly coaching where you weren't like hey put your fingers this way or shoot this way because i shoot this way you were like just grab the bow how you would normally grab the bow mm-hmm. and shoot and to your point like you gave me some advice like hey just start like you said, go in the backyard. Use the use the boat your dad gave you to have around the house. Just start shooting it. See yeah. what feels good. Yep. You know, and that was kind of how I was able to f- decide. Like, do I want to shoot three under? Do I want to shoot split finger or whatever the case is? Yeah. And when I picked up that longbow, though, dude, that thing is just so smooth. Like yeah. it
2: just feels. I knew you'd like it. I way better
1: would. than a recurve, in my opinion.
2: Yep, I knew you'd like it. I know uh, John White shot that bow up at at Etar. Oh, he did this year. Yep, nice. he shot that bow. So nice.
1: Yep. Nice. So, we basically then once we did that, and I kind of was able to replicate my shot as best I can for being someone who's did yeah. it over and over again. And it was really cool because you could kind of see whenever my shot would go off, like you could tell, even you could tell even just from hearing mm-hmm. it hit the target and stuff like whether or not it was a good release and stuff like that, which helped me because I would think it was good, right? And then you would say, you know, you would you're not even watching me. You're just watching the arrow, and you're like, yeah, based on how the arrow landed, and it looks like it was a good release, right? Right. And then I could start to put together, like, oh, that felt good. Yeah. And the arrow landed where it started, where I wanted it to land. Oh yeah. You know. And so I was able to start to tell, like, you know, where my body needed to be, Mm -hmm. like how what overdrawn feels like, because like you were saying like earlier, like with a compound. It's real hard to overdraw. Like, you can't overdraw. Right. You know what I mean? Like unless your draw length is incorrect, right? But if your draw length is set on your bow correctly, like you can't overdraw the bow. Right. But with a traditional bow, you can.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? You can so draw until the cows come home. Yep. The string comes off the limbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can just keep drawing and drawing and drawing. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it was helpful, you know, you teaching me what, an, what a shot looks like when it's overdrawn, like with the mm-hmm. arrow. And it's just all those... Like, how long did it take you to pick that stuff up? Because I feel fortunate that I got a buddy mm-hmm. that is actually someone who lives close enough that I can drive to yeah, to get this, right? As opposed to just, man, it would take me forever to, to figure this stuff out watching videos or, you know, trying to figure it out on my own.
2: Yeah, well, so to be honest with you, like eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it was, when I decided I was going to do it, I had no one you know what I mean? I had to kind of like draw back on when I was a kid and a little fiberglass red bow, you mm-hmm. know what me I My brother had, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of draw back on that a little bit. I had a recurve that was around the house so that it would get up, take and shoot a little bit here and there. And then I bought one for my boys. And so they had a fiberglass bow to go out and shoot rabbits with and stuff like that. And, uh, whatever, but I never really did a whole lot with it. And then, uh, when I decided to do it, I started to have to, kind of like go back in time about that. But I didn't know anything about tuning arrows or not like that. So, dude, right. for for me, really, I, I got to give a lot of credit to I mean, where most newer traditional guys have to go. They got to go to the Push, and mm-hmm. you watch the Push video on. It's a two-hour video. There's like 3 million. I think today there's probably about 3.7 million views on that mm-hmm. Um, with Matt Zernzak and, and Tim Nebel. Those uh, Timmy, uh, it was a guest. I was, I consider him a friend of mine now. Um, he was the guy recording it and producing it. And Matt Zernzak was the guy that was the, in front of the camera. Right. And, um, you know, they were the push and they started from that video and they've made a really, really big following right? for newer, younger people. But the, the way they explained it, the way, uh, Matt explained things on the arc of the arrow and how to to map it out and all those kind of things. Man, that is something that, and he was a guest. Matt was a guest on your, your yeah. podcast, you know, in the last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had him, I had him on last year, and it was because that was really when I started kind of getting more serious about wanting to make. I probably would have started making the change last year had I not had the shoulder issue and yeah. stuff like that, because that kind of just threw a whole monkey wrench into things. So I couldn't yeah. shoot at all for a while, like no matter what the equipment was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he does a really good job of of explaining things. <laughs> he does. You know, and he has a way, and he's just so knowledgeable. Like, well,
2: another thing about Matt too is that, um, he is the, if you watch a Lancaster Classic every year mm-hmm. for like the last five years, I think, four years, something like that, because of the notoriety of the push, right. that, vi- that one video that started the whole thing for them, um, he's like, he is the color guy mm. for the barebo uh finals right okay on the on the YouTube for the, the Lancaster classic nice. thing and the bare even with all the the Olympic recurve finals and the compound finals and all that stuff the bare is the one that the place is rocking for nice. you know what I mean like right. That, that's crazy in this world today with all the bows right. that are out there and all the different you know what I mean all the different uh styles of of uh archery that the bare bow right is the one that has at the Lancaster classic is the most you know what I mean the most coveted the most the one people go, go yes, wild they at go crazy they go bonkers about it like yeah. I was telling you I was like when we were out in the backyard after we built your arrow and then we we built you one we got you one with with uh fletchings on it uh, and we, you went out and started shooting it with a little bit of distance. You let down once, and I was like, ah, "Right, the fans <laughs> go wild because right. in the barrel competition, when you're watching on YouTube, like if um, they all the people that are in the in the auditorium that are watching are all shooters, right? All the fans that are watching are shooters, and they understand how important it is when the you draw back and you're on a timer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You draw back and everything isn't right, and you're in a competition. Most people are letting go of that arrow. They're right. going to let her fly no matter if, okay, well, I got to pull through that, even right. though my hand wasn't right. You know what I mean? When a man or a woman on the bow competition in the finals, when they let down, the whole place goes crazy. It erupts. It's like, yeah! Well, it's because like, that's the hardest thing in archery is to let down a shot yeah. and not just say, screw it. I'm going. I'm pulling through, and I'm going, and I'm going to shoot. Because well,
1: you've done the work, right? It's yes. like you've locked in, like you've pulled back, right? And it's the same thing, like when you're on a deer, right? Where mm-hmm. it, you did all the work to get there. The last thing you want to do is watch it walk away and let let the shot down or whatever. But you know, Greg beat this into me. I say beat this into me, but you know, we're all uh, tied and our mutual friends with 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 Greg, our buddy Greg Litzinger, and you know, I make no bones about like he helped me rebuild my shot years ago, right? You know, with with a compound. Um, and that was the one thing that he was adamant about. Like when we were when we would shoot together, would be if it doesn't feel right, just let the bow down. Like yeah. don't don't finish the shot just because you drew. Yeah. Like if it's not yeah. right, it doesn't feel good. Like even if even if everything you've done is right, and you went through your whole shot sequence, and it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Just let it down. You know, and hey, that dude, was
2: if you you have to believe in you know, I am an archer just because I shoot my bow every day. Right. I'm a bow hunter. Right, yeah. I'm not like any sort of good shot at all, Mm -hmm. but I shoot my bow every single day. The hardest thing in archery is to let the bow down when things aren't going right. Yeah. When something in your shot process went wrong, to let the bow down, it's the hardest thing. Yeah. Most people, even if like you're in an indoor league or something like that, you're not letting down, you're pulling through. Yeah. You know what I mean? The easiest thing is actually to hit the next. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? The hardest thing is to let the bow down and start over again. Because you didn't have everything lined up to make an X shot, right? You know what I mean, like yeah,
1: yeah. I think the other thing too is like it, you know, in in kind of making what's making I think it easier for me. And look, I'm not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. I'm mm-hmm. at the infancy of this of this journey, right? Yeah. I won't say easier. What's making it more comfortable for me, I think, is one having you as a resource, right? You know, yeah. That's willing to share with me. Two, we're pretty close to the same size. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. like our setups aren't very far off, you know no. what I mean. And I and so just in full disclosure, you know, for people that are listening, when we got together today and we were talking about getting the arrow set up and stuff like that, I made a lot of choices about the arrow that that Todd was giving me because I was staying close to the, the setup that he uses. That way, if I have any issues with things, I can talk to him and he'll have a pretty good idea of like what's going on or what's going wrong or how I can fix it because I'm shooting the same arrows. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting the same point weight. I'm shooting the same insert weight. I'm yeah. shooting. We're not the same length, but we're pretty close to the same length. We're shooting pretty close to the same draw length. We're shooting pretty close to the same draw weight. You know, yeah. it's like, and so all those things, you know, you know, he's got years on me. He shoots 300. I'm shooting split finger, you know, our bodies are a little little bit different, right, and, like, how we anchor and stuff like that. But by and large, like, he has a pretty good idea without even watching me shoot. If I give him a a sense of, like, what I'm consistently have go wrong, he can help me kind of diagnose, like, what the problem might be or give me some suggestions to kind of fast-track me to a a correction point.
2: And, dude, to be honest with you, like, we went over what happens from a stiff arrow, what happens for a weak arrow, those kind of things. That's, once you understand that part and somebody explained it to you, Right. You don't ever, you're never going to need anybody to right. explain that to you anymore. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, don't give me any more credit yeah. than I deserve, well, man. I'm, you're not, never, I'm a little you're, remedial. <laughs> there, yeah.
2: There's only a few things that you can do wrong. And then overthinking is, You're like I told you, you're going to go home. We're going to, you're going to, we're going to build your control arrow or your zero arrow or your bear mm. shaft, whatever people term people want to use. You're going to use that and you're going to go build some arrows to it. And man, things are going to be great for a while. Mm. And then all of a sudden you're going to start overthinking it. Yeah. Or. Well, or you're gonna have like we like I told you I said dude, it's the craziest thing like you can literally go in your backyard at 20 yards when you're, you' you know your mind is right and you, you, you understand the arc of your arrows and your arrow weight and mm-hmm. your bow and your arrow combination and you know the arc of it and your mind knows it and you're just picking your spot and you're pulling through and you're doing everything right and you're gonna send three arrows down and all of them are going to be in the in the 10 ring. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go pick the arrows and you're gonna be like, holy shit. That was easy. Right. I feel great. Yeah. I'm a master of this. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yep, I mastered that. Like, I just finished the internet. Right. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, all right, what else is there?
1: Nothing else to read. (laughs) I just (laughs) read it it. all. Yep.
2: (laughs) And you're going to go pick your three arrows, and you're going to walk back to 20 yards where you're both sitting and stand in the same exact, put your feet in the same exact spot, and they're going to be three feet apart. Right. All three arrows are going to be three feet apart, and you're going to be like, what just happened? Right. You know what I mean? That's traditional shooting a traditional bow that's just the way it is now that one's probably pretty easy you're like like i just wasn't focusing or i wasn't doing something right that's pretty easy but when you consistently get something crazy that's going left or whatever you just got to go back to okay that's a stiff arrow i'm not drawing something's collapsing i'm not drawing i'm not getting my full energy into the arrow so it's coming out stiff it's deflecting off the off the shelf right or off the uh, off the riser yeah off the riser yeah. yeah And and it's going left. You right. know what I mean? If I'm shooting le- shoot to the right a lot, I'm overdrawn. Somehow, for some reason, man, I feel right. strong today and I'm overdrawn. It. Like, right. my arrows aren't spine for this. Right. You know what I mean? I got to get myself back into yeah. Into my it, – it's really that simple. Right. It
1: really is. Yeah. How long did it take you, you know, um, till you felt confident out to, let's say, like 20 yards? Like, to where you were like – yeah, I can make I can make that shot without a warm up. And I ask this, you know, honestly, because you know, was shooting in the um, was shooting in your garage as we were setting up my arrow, mm-hmm. you know, and that was like I don't know what it was like seven yards or mm-hmm. something like that, right? Because we were just trying to see the flight, you know, to get like the spine right and build my yeah. zero arrow. And I started hitting some X's, you know what I mean, stuff like that, and yeah. felt pretty good. Release really mm-hmm. felt good, and so and then we had one fletched, and we were like, hey, let's go to the backyard. Mm-hmm. And now I was out back at, at like, 10, and mm-hmm. you were like, just find a spot, you know. Same advice you gave me inside, like, just focus on the place where you want the air to, to land. Because for mm-hmm. people that are listening, I'm shooting instinctive. I don't like to aim. Like, it just, it. Yeah. I don't like that approach to it. I want to shoot instinctively. And that was how my dad taught me when I first kind of learned how to shoot a recurve, was like, shoot it like you're throwing a baseball. I think
2: that's a purest, I think that's a purest form of what we're, right. what you're getting yourself right. into. I think it's the purest form.
1: And, uh. And so, you know, we go out there, and, you know, you have your 3D target that's out there, and you're like, hey, pick a spot and just, you know, try to hit it. And I mm-hmm. shot, and the first arrow, like, hit the dirt, like, mm-hmm. in front of it, right? And this is a, a, a target that's on the ground. Hit the dirt in front of it. And then you said, you're like, hey, your brain's trying to, like, recalibrate. Like, okay, you were shooting, like, 5 to 7 yards. Now you're, like, 10 to 12, mm-hmm. right? Like, now you're finding your spot, but you're just, like, brain in, and brain in hand, You know, an arrow aren't connected yet, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the very next shot, it's like I put it where I was trying to put it, you know, and you're like, all right, your brain's like recalibrating. Yeah. And so, like, my question is, is like, how long until was it for you until, you know, you could go pick up your bow right now and go step to 15 yards or 20 yards and put the arrow where you want it to be without having to go through that like brain recalibrating with one shot type of thing.
3: This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more.
2: It it doesn't take long. No. It really doesn't. So, that's one of the the good things about building that zero arrow or the control arrow, is you just built your weight. Mm-hmm. So, w- for if you are changing weights of your arrows and building changing arrows all the time, mm-hmm. your mind has to relearn the arc of the weight of that arrow. Right. If you are changing bows all the time, your your brain has to learn the arrow weight and the and the weight and the the way that that arrow, mm-hmm. that bow shoots an arrow. Right. You have to re teach it. But once it starts to learn it and you run through the ranges quite a few times, mm-hmm. it's it's really automatic. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. So drastic arrow changes are something we shouldn't really strive for all the time. You know, right. we we shouldn't be doing like a in the traditional aspect i mean maybe some really really good shooters that have really been doing it a long time or whatever they maybe they could have a hunting arrow and attack arrow right 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 you shouldn't be doing that stuff in traditional you should be shooting the same arrow almost all the time you know what i mean arrow weight because your mind has learned the 563 degree uh, grain arrow arc out of the bow that you shoot right now right you know you know what i'm saying yeah now if you go to 700 grains now it's got to learn another arc Right. He's got to relearn all that stuff. So yeah, it really doesn't take long. It really doesn't. No, it's, it's dude. It's just like um, when you're, and again, this is a very easy over thing. It, it you know when the kids learning to throw a ball, right? You, you know what I mean in baseball. You know yeah. what I mean it takes a little while to to be able to get it from me to you, right. To hit you in the numbers right in the chest, you know what I mean. It takes a little while to do that, but it doesn't take long. And then all of a sudden, your dad steps back ten more feet, and now you got to hit, and he says, "Hit me right in the chest." Right. Hit me right in the chest. Hit me, it takes you a couple of throws, and after after a while, after a while, yeah. he, he
1: could stand at different yardages. Yep. Any time, and I, and I would hit him. That it's know? exactly. Yeah. It's
2: exactly the same. Your brain is going through the same exact process.
1: Right. Wow, yeah, it's just and I and I mean I saw it out there like how quickly it it translated because then mm-hmm. we stepped back just a few more steps, you know what I mean, and flinging mm-hmm. arrows, and I was off, and then you you know you were like, hit this arrow he's like, just try to put it right here in this yeah. front shoulder, like right behind this on this target, and boom, let an arrow rip, yeah, and it was it was there, you Dude, know you're I mean?
2: you're gonna be a good shot, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this and you're gonna do well at it, you're gonna do very well at it, and you're gonna be a disciple. Of the trad gang, yeah, it's it's, 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 happen, it's You're happening. You're It's it's happening
1: because I mean, how many arrows do I shoot today? You
2: think I would say you were probably between seventy-five and hundred arrows. So, yeah. most people, if you haven't been shooting a lot, that's a lot of arrows. And I'm an older, I'm a little bit older than you, quite mm-hmm. a bit older than you. And uh, if I was to shoot, I shoot every day, right? But my sh- sh- my arrows a day are probably twenty or less, right? You know what I mean, a day. And it's just about keeping muscles working and in in, mm-hmm. in in my eye and my mind, right? Um, if I go up to etar and I shoot seventy five arrows, dude, I'm feeling that the next day, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't need to shoot that many arrows, but it's fun to do it. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: I'll have to monitor myself because it was fun, and I yeah. could see myself in the summer out there just ripping arrows, yep. having a blast. You yep. know.
2: So you're in the whole process of building and all that stuff, but so don't ever. And I'm glad. The way we ended in the backyard was yeah. the right way. Yeah, you, I wouldn't put my finger on the hole I wanted you to hit. You yeah. missed it the first time, the second time you hit it. Yeah, or you're damn close to it, and you're saying, yeah. and you said, "Okay, that's good. I'm done." Yep. And because I had said, "Dude, you're getting close to 100 arrows." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's perfect. Yep. You're gonna fall in love with this. You're gonna fall in love with shooting that bow. However, there's a lot of bad habits that you can pick up if you shoot two much yeah. well you that one I mean?
1: yeah because that the hole that you pointed at i mean i was probably like i don't know it was like two inches like up and two inches left yeah, of it or whatever like, like but, but freaking close but yeah but for me like first real day shooting a shooting a trad bow yeah. you know building an arrow like no. legit like try you know trying to be effective you know we'll yeah. put it that way because at my house i wasn't even trying to be ineffective i was just trying to put an arrow on the target i didn't really care where it landed i was more just trying to figure out how am i going to hold this thing how do i want to grip it yeah what type of tiller do I want? Like all those things, I was just trying to figure out, right? Yeah. And here was the first time I was trying to actually like, all right, I'm going to put an arrow on a on a spot, mm-hmm. close to a spot, right? And as soon as that one landed close, you know, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I, I'm going to end the session on that because I've had a great day today. I learned a you ton. Have. I shot a bunch of arrows. I feel good. I feel like I have the information I need now to like. To work on myself mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i feel like i have that information to to tweak and
2: good i'm glad you do I, i'm glad you feel that no nah, man
1: like you help you helped me a ton today dude like yeah. it was it was um like i didn't have it but bef- i didn't have it before that you know mm-hmm. like i was kind of just waffling in the wind like i knew i wanted to do it but i just really didn't have any direction and and working with you today was really was really beneficial because i felt like i got the direction that i need i know what i need to do you know, I I can tell when things are good and not or not good, which is yeah. which is important, right? Mm-hmm. And and that was like the perfect shot to call it on because I was like, you know what, it was a successful last shot. We're gonna end on a positive note because everything today was awesome, and yeah. I don't want to I don't want to end on, man, I wish I would have had a better shot. You know, what I mean? like I just, you know, I yeah. try to end I try to end everything on like a positive,
2: yep, positive note. Yep. Sometimes you're gonna have to cut your losses. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. Like cut your losses and say, okay, I'm. Actually, just picking up bad habits here. They <laughs> need to stop today. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it will happen. Yeah, yeah, it will sure. happen. But yeah, that that worked out great.
1: I mean, it even happens. You know, I mean, I think it even happens in uh you know, in in during the course of the hunting season. Even mm-hmm. like, I think there's often times where, you know, we we get caught up in that grinder mentality of like, just go harder. And it's like, well, man, there's few, there's very few things in life that going harder makes it better. That makes Always makes it better. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I, I kind of look at, I'm not a golfer, but I look at shooting a traditional bow similar to like a golfer. Like golf is one of those games that going harder makes you worse. Okay. Cause it's not a, it's a, it's a finesse game. It's a mental game. Mm-hmm. And it's not about how much harder can I do it physically. Right. It's like to get better at that, you got to be how much more can I be in it mentally. Right. Right. For me, shooting a long or a, um, a, uh, a traditional bow. It feels way more mental for me than it does physical. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, because I could tell whenever I would lose focus, mm-hmm. I'd have a bad shot. <laughs> yeah, if I was focused, shots were, like, for where I'm at, they were good. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'll say it that way. They weren't great. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not because I'm not a no, good archer. Dude, you
2: you but, launched, you launched probably between seventy five and a hundred arrows today, and. Legitimately, I, I, it would be hard, especially at the close range. Arrows, it would be right. hard for me to say that you hadn't been shooting a bow for much longer. You know mm. what I mean? Literally, you know what I mean? Right. Like you were t- touching X's on probably, you were in the X hole, not even with a tuned arrow. I mean, right? Probably twelve times out of those. You Talked know what I mean? Like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So your it, mind, your mind is it's it's figuring it out yeah. it's figuring it out and man i am excited to see what you do <laughs> in the woods
1: i'm excited too man cuz yeah. it's 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 on now like yeah. it's, you know i i've had a I had a
2: blast 170s beware in kansas Oh. This
1: year. Man, I if that happens with a with a uh traditional bow, dude, like I told a, a buddy of mine, I was like, if that happens with a traditional bow, I was like, I might retire. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's no like, way. I was like, I don't know how it could get any better. No, I any...
2: want I want another one seventy after that, and I want yeah. another one after that.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But before we get to those one seventies, man, yeah. we got to uh there's a lot of work that go into those, right? And you and you and I were just talking a little bit about, you know, getting ready for hitting some scouting we got old archie bunker here sleeping on his on his bed yeah he's chillaxing. and he's chomping at the bit to get out but i think you're headed out tomorrow to do some shed hunting some scouting yep yeah yeah all local stuff
2: yeah pretty much local um i think uh i gotta get back in touch with greg i don't even know if he can walk right now but him right. and i were supposed to go on the 24th we were supposed there was a a big piece that we wanted to walk i found some good stuff late in the in the, mm-hmm. in the uh thinking that's a that's out of state okay so i don't know if he can walk right now to be honest with you with all the stuff's going on with him but um next weekend him and i are supposed to go do that okay um i haven't locked we haven't locked that in yet um but yeah tomorrow is going to be to be some local stuff right yeah
1: now do you find a lot of sheds around here because i mean i'm looking at like we're we're in todd's basement and there's just like freaking shed antlers everywhere in here
2: yeah the majority of what you're seeing are 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 new jersey really yeah
1: Man, I can't find sheds. Well, I'm a terrible shed hunter, like, just to, to begin with. Now, Is Archie finding sheds?
2: Archie does well. He does. does he? Um, One of the things he's really good at is if I find them, mm-hmm. he'll go get them. Okay. But he's never really picked up picking them up on his own. Mm. But there's a lot of places I walk in reeds that are probably like 10 feet tall, mm-hmm. and there's deer trails that go through, and then they collapse mm-hmm. in the wintertime. the They'll collapse, so they turn into real low tunnels. Uh, and there's, a, there's been a lot of sheds with him over the last couple of years. I mean, he's four now, right? so he's been walking three years. Yeah, uh, This is his third year of shed hunting. But there's a, been a lot of times where he, what he does well for me is when I get to those tunnels, and I, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm not going any farther. They're too low. They're too knocked over, but I can right. look up there, and I can see a shed. Right. You know what I mean? I can send him in. Go get the bone. Right. You know what I mean? And he goes in and I'll walk him to it. You know what I mean? Like right. And and he, so he brings a lot of those out. Um he hasn't had I haven't had that opportunity with him yet. And man, I'm I'm still praying and hoping for it, but I haven't had that sh- that moment where he's went out ahead of me like a lab does and right. go out forty yards back and forth a couple of times and then have him just come out of the timber with a big shed in his mouth. I haven't mm-hmm. had that opportunity yet. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So
1: Mine hasn't done that, hasn't done that either. He found, he found, so I saw the shed before he did, mm-hmm. and I don't even remember how far away I was from it, but I, I saw it, and he was, he was looking, because I'd put him on, like I said, you know, find a shed, find him yeah. up. So he's looking around, looking around, and I brought him back to me, and I just pointed in the direction, I was like, find a shed, mm-hmm. and he took off, you know, and then back and forth, back and forth, and then he finally found it, you know, yeah. he, and uh, he was super stoked. I was more excited than he was, because that yeah. was his, that was the first shed he's ever found, yeah. you know. Um, and so he looks, he looks for them. We just don't find, we just don't find a lot of them, but mm-hmm. to be fair to, to Rocky, you know, his, his owner doesn't find a lot of sheds in general. <laughs>
2: so. so you don't know how to put them in front <laughs> yeah, of bone. Yeah. 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 So usually what happens with me and Arch in over the last few years, I got a buddy that's got 300 private acres. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm usually good for, uh, on his spot. I'll bring a friend with their, you know, a friend and it, a couple of friends, uh, a married couple mm-hmm. Uh and we'll go, I usually bring them in because they're big shed hunters too. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're real good friends. And uh I'll bring them in there in later, like beginning of March, mid March and go and we'll clean up. Right. And usually what I do with arch is me and him run all my public hunting spots and I'm scouting and I'm looking for sheds. Right. And we put together maybe a dozen or something sheds there. And then it's like, okay, we've been walking all of February. We're into March now. And now I'll I'll call up my, my my buddy DJ and say, "Yo, can I go in there yet?" And he's like, "You can always go in there." You right. know what I mean? Like, go. Right. He's, I'm like, "All right, cool." And then I I'm like, "I got to put my dog in front of bone now." Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's gotta not d- these six mile walks for one antler. You know what right. I mean? Like, we go in there and we can we, on the, the the two pieces that that 300 splits is it, you know we some years we can find 20. Right. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So. Right. Nice. Yeah. So when you you look at uh you look at sheds, like dude, you're only seeing some of the bigger ones. You know what I mean. Archie's eight, well over seventy, uh, small ones, year right. and a half year olds, You know what I mean. But right. dude, this is years of me doing this, man. And right. this is what I do. You know what I mean. I have years, you know, where you get a couple dozen twenty four sheds or something like that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. A year twenty five. I think my probably my best year is probably like a couple dozen twenty five sheds or something like that. Right. In in stuff like that. But um. It's years of it, though, man. Yeah. It adds up. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's one of the things I enjoy. There was years. I'm I'm back to I'd rather kill them. Right. But there was years where I was like, I'd rather just find their antlers than kill them. <laughs> you know, there was years in my wow. in my yeah. hunting shed. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. But, yeah. I mean, the, it, that, you can't see it from where you're at, but there is a weave basket back there. Uh-huh. I can show you. After, uh, we can talk about it afterwards. There's nine years worth of sheds off of one deer. Oh wow! And the, every one of those sheds came within 150 yards of each other.
1: Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. I, I man. found
2: two of his sheds before I realized it was the same buck, and then I started finding his sets. Hmm. He would shed the first week of January every year. Wow! Every year for for nine years. That's crazy. There, there's yeah. Um, is, I that new, sets is that New Jersey? Single, new Jersey. Oh wow! And that he had a honeysuckle patch that was his, hmm. in the first week of January he shed his antlers every year. That's crazy. All, yeah, that, that basket over there is full of his, his so sheds. So
1: do sheds play much of a role for you in terms of like making your hunting strategy, or do you just like to go out and find them? The
0: 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com.
2: I love to find them, but I'm mostly scouting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But um, when I was really, really into shed hunting, dude, I'd walk every public piece that I could walk that I knew there was deer at in the wintertime to find shed antlers. It really wasn't necessarily helping me be a better deer hunter, Except for the experience I was getting just in, the in the woods and seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. signs so the, and shit. So always, yeah. you always gain experience. Every time you walk in the woods, you're gaining something that's right. making you a a better bow hunter.
1: So like this year, whenever you're heading, heading out to scout, like you know, are are you headed to some new places, or is it just? Or...
2: Yeah, I usually do. I, I would say about eighty percent what I've already what I already hunt to scout it out, just see di- what... dialing it in, or see how yep. it's changed, or whatever. Yep. See, those kind of things and shed hunt it, mm-hmm. and then I usually try to blend about twenty percent of new,
1: of new, yeah. And whenever you're going back to those places that you've hunted, are the I'm assuming those are also just places that you've hunted historically, and maybe you haven't hunted in the past two years or mm-hmm. whatever the case is, just based on how that you just may not have been able to get back there based on weather, wind, time, whatever the case is. Yeah. Right.
2: Yep. So there, and the the funny thing is when I can't get in a place in a winter time. Mm-hmm. That's the year that I go in there and I find sheds that were from the year that I wasn't in there. (laughs) You know know what I mean? Or I did not get to bow hunt or something like that. You know what I mean? I I never, the wind wasn't right. Mm -hmm. Conditions weren't right. Or maybe I had a, where that, that specific piece gets hot at a certain time. Right. Maybe I was in Michigan. Right. Maybe I was out of state with somebody else in another state or something like that. And there was really no reason to hunt it. Right, you know what I mean there, there's a few pieces that are like that
1: so I, I don't know I don't think I've ever asked you this but you know whenever you're when you're scouting and you're let's just say let's say it's a new a new area right because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming the, the areas that you've hunted in the past and scouted in the past and stuff like that you're really just kind of going in seeing what has changed what's new um, maybe dial it maybe you did hunt it this past year and you're like man I need to dial this spot in a little bit more you know type of thing yeah Um for the areas that are kind of new to you, do you really spend a lot of time this time of year breaking them down, or are you more so kind of ripping through, kind of quick getting the lay of the land and kind of seeing, like, is are there areas worth even spending additional time in?
2: Yeah, for the most part, uh, a new piece for me, I'm going to try to go in there and find the bedding area first. I'm going to go into mm-hmm. cover first, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, Yep. Um, unless there's something that jumps out, like, like a you know a place that maybe has been clear cut or, or a strange meadow you right. know what i mean that kind of sticks out in the marsh something like that like why yep. is that what's that feature you know what i mean maybe you might want to shoot back to that and say you know it all starts with a with a mapping system on our right. phone right. that's where yeah, it all starts yeah. Yeah, right like sure. we don't even know that these pieces are we can walk on there without our without our phones <laughs> anymore any yeah I don't you know know how you know we did mean? it like, back, like, yeah. back so in yeah so it the all day. starts there so it might start you know at your desk yeah. it might start at your you know, out in the shop or whatever and say, okay, what, we, what am I going to walk tomorrow? Right. You know what I mean? Um, kind of like I'm planning a, a, a Saturday morning hunt. You know all what right. I mean? Like, spend some time and just study things and study the wind and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, if it's something new, there's, for me, there's, a pe- there's some sort of a creek. There's some sort of water that's mm-hmm. in there. And that water is my edge. That's where right. the water generally is going to be where I start. You know what I mean? Like, yep. okay, here's where I can park what's my fastest way to get to that water? Or what's the best way to get to the water where maybe I could cover something to get to the water, but I'm going back to that water. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, water is my my thing. Your thing, yeah. Yes.
1: So, like, when you do that, because, like, for me, the way I approach off-season scouting now is a little bit different than, say, it was, like, maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, I would maybe walk into a piece that was new to me, and I would... Find something that was good, say, for example, whatever it is, whether it's a terrain feature, whether it's a habitat like feature, whatever it is. And then I would spend a fair amount of time kind of trying to figure that area out, like, Mm -hmm. and, and taking it apart. But then what I realized was I'm making all that shit up. Like, truthfully, because I don't know... I can see what sign is there, but I don't know when the deer were there, and I don't know how they're exactly using it. Like, I can tell where the sign is at, but I don't know how they're... I can make some guesses, you mm-hmm. know? And so what I started doing was was kind of like going through this, going like, yep, this is a good spot, and if it was good enough, I'll go back and throw a hunt at it, like an early season, and I might hunt it in the morning, I might hunt it in the evening, and I'll actually want to see deer in there and see what they're doing. And then... I'll start to figure out how to dial it in, right? Because before that, I almost felt like I was spending too much time in spots where I was just pissing in the wind. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was right, you know, because you know you do this long enough, you do, you know, get it yeah. get it right, but without so you're, knowing you're everything. You're throwing hunts at it, but I'd throw yeah. hunts at it because yeah. I felt like that's going to get me to a place of understanding more quickly. But in the off-season, like, it's going to waste a lot of my time because I'm working with so many unknowns. Like, yeah. I don't know anything except what the sign is, and that can help you out a lot. Mm-hmm. But unless it's, like, so, a funnel or a pinch where it's, like, you really understand what the movement's going to be. Like, yeah. I felt like I was wasting a lot of time in some of those places, so I kind of changed how my approach to that.
2: Okay. Well, for me, for wintertime, first of all, you got to think about this winter. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what are we going through right now? If we're going through a mild winter, yeah. deer didn't yard. Nope. You know what I mean? So a lot of that sign is real fall sign. Yep. You know what I mean? If it's not fresh tracks in there right now, if you're going into a place that's all honeysuckle and there's a lot of tracks in there right now, Mm -hmm. then it's, and we're having a cold winter and a lot of snow and you're like, even our deer yard up. Yeah. They're not like UP yards where they move 50 miles. Right. You know what I mean? But they will yard. It's just a natural instinct for them when it gets cold. There's certain places that we have thermal cover and we go there and we hang out as a group. You right. know what I mean? There could be some mature bucks in there with with some young does. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we just get together and they will devastate everything. Yeah. On winters like that. So you got to kind of take a you got to take a census of what you're going through right now. Like what's the scenario for the year? Right. On how when you look at all that sign is it is it winter sign? Mm-hmm. Is it yarding sign? Is it fall sign? Is it rut sign? Right. Is it early season sign? And then, like for me, I'll, I'll take a look at that. And if it's white oaks, if there's white oaks in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell that there's some. That's the one. That's the one. We that's, know. That's, yeah, when, that's the when one that thing where happened, it's like you, that's happening. Yeah,
1: you get that. You you get some sign, and and that's what I'm saying. Like some yeah. areas where it's like, like there's enough there that you have done this long enough, and you know it's like okay, mm-hmm. there's. I know that there's a bedding area close by, right, because I walked through and I saw, yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a couple beds here, whatever, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm in an oak flat. It's like, okay, like, this is going to get used, right? Oh, there's a scrape over here. Yeah, yeah, okay, I don't need to spend much more time in there. Like, I kind of got the picture of yeah. what, of what that is. And you better is. be
2: dropping pins on those white oaks. Yeah. Oh, you man. have to know where your white oaks are at. That If you're an early season, a September 1st season or early September season guy, you have got to know where your white oaks are at yeah you gotta know where they're at i know know where they're
1: all at uh unfortunately they didn't drop like the past two years (laughs) yeah well but you're you're in for a good year then yeah like it it doesn't do that yeah the year i found them the year i like this one new area the year that i found like a ton of white oaks and actually Mm -hmm. went through the paint because it was all new to me so i did the painstaking process of like even during the fall i would basically scout my way through to find a place to hunt and i would just mark like anywhere i saw like a white oak and that year they were like all dropping. Right. I marked every one of them, and I went back. You know, last year, and I was like, "Man, it wasn't last year. It was the year before." I was like, "Man, this is gonna be great." Yeah. I know where all these are. I'm just gonna jump, mm-hmm. like place to place, until I find a place where there's a, you know, where they're dropping. And uh sure, as shit, there wasn't any. Yep. You know?
2: So, and then when I find red oaks or black oaks, you know, what I mean, all the red oak family. Mm-hmm. When I find those guys, and I can hunt into January, to the end of January. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the states I hunt, you can. Um. On bumper years, when we have a lot of red oaks, mm-hmm. though that's the food. No matter what else is going on, that's the food in January. I've been learning mm-hmm. that the last few years. Like, I you'd always think that they're wiped up, but they'll go back and they'll get the stunted ones that fell in August. They'll, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that didn't sprout. They'll, they will go in there and eat clean ac- acorns. Become like a It's it's like a brassica, <laughs> right, food yeah. plot or something in the winter time, yeah. you know, in January. Until they clean them up again. Yeah,
1: it's. Yeah. uh I always like if I'm hunting late, and I didn't have to this year, but when I'm hunting late season, if I do find like red oaks, you know, the mm-hmm. one thing I always do is like if I can smash them with my fingers, mm-hmm. then no bueno. As yeah. long as I can't smash them, if yeah. I can't smash him with my fingers, then they're edible. Then they're edible. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the. I forget who I picked that up from, but it was just. It, but it seems such like it seems such com- like such common sense, but yeah, they're punky. Yeah, I never. Yeah, they're kind of. Like uh, sour or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know what I mean. But yeah. uh, but speaking of man, uh, deer seasons. How was uh, how was your year this year? It was a pretty
2: good year. It was a pretty good year. I hunted three states. Uh, went to the UP. Me and John White went up to the UP and hunted with my brother and my nephew. How was
1: the UP? I've never been.
2: I'm, no, dude, it was beautiful up there. Yeah. Uh, my brother shot a nice eight pointer, nice dark nice. rack. What part of the year was that? Uh, October first. The fir- oh, Okay. Opener. Nice. So, yeah, we were up there. Um, like I said, it was a. Uh, acorns were a little bit weird this year they they seem like they dropped late mm. up there so there wasn't a lot of acorns on the ground there w- we found a few trees and wherever we find those those red Oaks that were dropping boom mm. there was deer on them my brother shot his buck opening night off of a nice a, off of a, a red oak stand in in a, a funnel nice. you know that happened to be in the same thing but um yeah it was a little bit slow but man it was beautiful up there I yeah. never ever Wish that I didn't go or whatever. But yeah. um, the October 1st start has been pretty good to me over the years up there. Do you always go back to the beginning of October? That's usually it. I'd like to be yeah. up there for the opener because, dude, it's just beautiful. The, the leaves are bright red and bright yellow, and, and right. it's beautiful. There's salmon in the rivers if you want to go salmon, fish, and the walleye are running. You know what I mean? Like
1: uh, It's an outdoorsman's paradise, it essentially, absolutely that, that time of year. is, and it's yeah.
2: beautiful up there. Like, there's no other place I'd ever want to be. The first week of October, but without being able to scout and know exactly where deer are betting, you're mm-hmm. it's really, really, really hard. It's really hard. It's big country too. Yeah, it's big country. And it, it's really, really hard to get on bucks mm-hmm. in that first week without being able to put a lot of scouting time in. Right. You, you know what I mean? So Yeah. But I learned every time I learn, I learn something every time I go up there. And usually by like day nine or whatever you know this year we only really got to hunt like five days but you know usually on that last day i learned something that damn it if i would have started right here and i would have started high (laughs) and i would have i could have looked into this hole with a spotting scope right and i would have been on this group of bucks but i didn't find them until until day two and i just couldn't get in front of them like yeah yeah like I, I the, had I one need- blow at me one night on the on the second to the last night, you know what I mean. He got down with me. I didn't know exactly where they were in this bowl, but we're so close, so close. But I'm ready, and you know, me and my brother are we're we're gonna do the November sixth, okay, through the twelfth or thirteenth or something this year. Nice. Gonna try to get a little more, you know, put some things in
1: your favor. Yeah. where I mean, scouting still being important, but they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna move and be a little bit more visible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. Man. I would love to make my way up there at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I talked to my buddy Kevin who lives up there, up mm-hmm. there too, and I've, I've talked to him about it and wanting to, I Actually, I got I got invited this year. Um, my buddy Brian was going up. Um, where'd they go? Uh, I forget. I forget where they went. It's uh Brian uh, that's a part of the, the Habitat podcast. Okay um actually i think he went up and hunted hunted with kevin and he it was like basically him plus one is okay. what it was nice. you know for their for their camp and so brian you know hit me up and just asked me say hey you know what are you what are you doing when i want to go but i'd already had my kansas trip planned yeah. and i couldn't really shave any days and you know and stuff like that and so it was just one of those things where i wasn't able to make the schedule work mm-hmm. um, but one of these years man it's like i'd love to get up there just because i want to see like I, I know it's beautiful just from pictures. I just want to kinda of go experience it. And I would love yeah. to go up that time frame you're kinda of talking about because it'd be awesome uh, good, to like beautiful. just to see all the colors, hunt that time of year, do some bow hunting. And look, on those kinds of trips, it's like I'm even I'm even down with like taking up an afternoon and just going and do some salmon fishing. Or you know what yeah. I mean? Like
2: Yeah, they're running into all the rivers and creeks, they're everything. You know, just to
1: experience all of it. You know, yeah. and that would just be yeah, so that was one of the things I liked about the 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 trip I did in Alaska because we were we were bear hunting and we were also, I think blacktail deer hunting at the yeah. same time. So
2: the, I lived in the Upper Peninsula most of my you know, childhood. Yep, lived there, and I lived in Maine mm. for about three years. Um, and both of those places are a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Different accents. D- yes, <laughs> <laughs> totally different <laughs> yeah. accents. But both of them are many. It, I've never been to Alaska. Mm-hmm. But people that have been... To
1: I've been to Maine. People, and people are, yeah. that
2: have been in both of those areas, and then they've went to Alaska or spent a lot of time, they're like, UP and northern Maine are are mini Alaskas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got yeah. it all here. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't have grizzlies. You know what I mean? That's we got okay. You got moose. You can't hunt moose, but right. we, you know there's a population of moose. Yeah. So, yeah, UP is a special place to me, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right, I gotta make it one year. Yeah, I gotta yeah. gotta make it happen. Jump in the truck; it goes up there every fall, brother. Nice,
1: dude. What? <laughs> so, so you're in the UP in October. Mm-hmm. You were in Jersey, and then you and Greg were. You guys went to Delaware too. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: So we usually do the velvet part. You know, yeah. the September first thing. Um, it gets harder. It gets harder yeah. every year. That's what he was saying. Like yeah.
1: whenever he and I were talking about, it. he just said this year was just a fair amount of people. Yeah, were being run into and stuff like that. But we
2: we. You know, him and I tried to to, to set uh, the first three or four days of the season up every year to, to hunt down there or maybe, you know, eventually maybe someplace else. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we tried to do that. So that's a locked in. Those are basically locked in dates. Yeah. You know what I mean? For yeah. the opener and all that kind of stuff. And then after that... um I go down when I can or if I'm going down and I know a week ahead of time, like I'm going down Saturday and Sunday, the weather looks good. The right. moon is right. Everything is right. You know what I mean? I'll shoot him a text and say, yo, I'm going down. I'm getting a camp. You coming down? Right. And he's like, uh, I can or I can't. You know what I mean? And right, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so sporadic after that. And, and we also have Steve and, you know, like Lane Hausner. He, he showed up, uh, I think it was January or December. He came down. Right, You know what I mean? From, uh, in the presence, yeah. you know, so how, he,
1: how was the hunt though?
2: Was it good? Good. I mean, we're, we're on deer all the time. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, uh, you know, Greg has told the story a couple of, a couple of different places about, uh, the experience we, we went down like October 27, 28, 29, somewhere in that time yeah. frame around Halloween. Uh, he had some, some, uh, it, yeah, he had a really, really close, yeah really nice encounter on a scrape. Um, yeah pretty good i mean i uh, i seen some running uh, you know a lot of running activity with smaller bucks i never yeah. put a a big buck i never seen a big buck at all this year down, right down there but they're and, there
1: in years past like how, how has it been in years past like i'm just not sure like i it's always something that's interesting because i'd love to do a velvet hunt mm-hmm. you know um without going to like the dakotas you yeah know, traveling across the country to do it you know mm-hmm. i mean i guess you could go to tennessee and there's kentucky kentucky gets a lot of Like a lot of pressure now. Like I just, I got plenty of friends that go there, and it just Mm -hmm. seems like every year it's it's more and more people that are running into. But Delaware would be kind of cool because it's not far from where you know I live. You know, obviously I live like not far. Like I said, it's
2: a hot. It's a really really hot hunt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You got to have your your core lightweight hoodie. Right, your (laughs) (laughs) rolling. Your (laughs) thermosel. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta be thinking about that. A lot of water. You got to make sure you got a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah,
1: are the bucks good there though? I mean, could you? find some good
2: yeah i'm not gonna necessarily tell you what kind of class deer are down right. there because your your podcast pretty pretty big and <laughs> yeah. relatively local so i'll get killed by other people right but yeah that no there's some
1: hunting's good yeah, yeah hunting, hunting can hunting, be good
2: hunting can be good down there yeah but
1: so what about uh so how so you killed a, a buck in jersey right this mm-hmm. year so what yeah. was the what was the deal on that one
2: so that buck was hollow or uh thanksgiving morning so um, okay. it was in an area. I, I had... love
1: Thanksgiving morning, dude. dude That's I... one of my favorite times to hunt, I'm actually. getting
2: more where, you know, I my buddy Steve is a Kansas guy, mm-hmm. and, you know, he goes out there, and he doesn't even go to Kansas until the 20th. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's yep. like, all these guys think that they're in Ohio, and they go out there the first week of, of November, and they're mentally— challenged Mm -hmm. by doing that like you you're being locked in by a totally different deer from the upper you know from the midwest that's not the the best time to kill a big stud out there thanksgiving time is the best time yep and uh i'll tell you what i the last few years and i was talking to my brother about this last night I'm, i'm like i think i think we get we've over the years we've been trained by three and a half year olds and younger that the first week of November is awesome because they're running around, but we don't ever really see the real tanks. Yep. But you see the real tanks in Thanksgiving. Yeah. You'll run that week of Thanksgiving. And I've always had a process there. Right. You know what I mean? Most of the time I've already shot a three-year-old. Right. And I'm tagged out. I don't don't get to hunt. (laughs) Right. But, but, um, but yeah, so so – Let's not get it twisted. The buck I shot was probably a two or three year old deer this right. year. It wasn't a, one of those monsters, right? But um, it was in, in in an area that I had been monitoring. There's it's a doe bedding area, and I I monitor it most of the fall. And there never really was until about a week before that there were, never really was any bucks that started moving in on these does. Hmm. And, you know what I mean? I keep real good track of the of the trails in there, right? In the tracks, and um, the most of the time. I've seen some. I've seen some even small, you know, some year and a half and two year olds in there, you know, farther in, and I monitor the the, the trail that I use for tracks crossing it and and whatnot. And uh, the week before, I I noticed where I had missed a really big six pointer mm-hmm. and, uh, that I showed you in the shop. Yep. Um. Anyway, that but I had missed that deer the, the year before on a creek crossing right there, mm-hmm. and there was a. a a, a bigger buck that had started crossing right there. So I went in there. Uh, I had the day, the morning off for Thanksgiving morning, and I went in there, and it was, I was only set up for maybe, I don't know, twenty minutes or something like that. Right. But he came through and gave me a four-yard shot, hurt him in the water. It's, it's. I'm it's, sitting in there in, in my in my saddle, like sitting there, uh, away from the tree, twisted on the because I run a big saddle, a right. big platform, and uh, I was in the... I was hunting out of the the saddle and turned around in the tree like i was in a tree stand and out of my peripheral vision on the other side of the bank of the creek i seen this buck coming through and he just i looked over and i was like oh yeah that's a shooter for me right now this late in the year that is a shooter and he come down i seen him he looked he was coming perpendicular to the creek and then i seen him him break to start coming down and i was like oh i reached up grabbed my bow and while i was getting my feet set and getting my fingers on the string and getting everything set you know what i mean i knew where he was coming cuz i was on the trail that he was coming he came right. up, i could hear him in the water and i was like oh for me clint being a water guy that is absolutely it you know i got i could point you to every deer that I, that i heard their feet in water that i've got other racks and oh, wow. you know you know what i mean That's like awesome. i love that i absolutely there's nothing better for me than that and i could hear him in the water and uh, i can't look at him yet cuz i'm getting getting everything set, but I can hear him, and boop. boom. I, you know, I, he does a little shake, and he starts coming up the hill next to me, and I look down, and he's right below me. I'm looking through my platform and my feet at him, and he starts coming up the hill, and he got to about four yards from my stand, and I stuck it right in, right in his liver and corded right up into the good stuff, man. And He wow. crashed back through, and when he came back down off this bank, crashed across the creek, and he went up the other bank, there was blood <laughs> flowing, off, you know what I mean, spraying <laughs> the whole way, and I was right. like, oh, Yes That's that's awesome You know what I mean Like that is a Thanksgiving morning I love that I love that
1: That's a Did you Was that water Access too Like did you have to No 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 That was all dry land Okay So Out of these bucks So we're Mm -hmm. sitting In in Todd's basement here And he's got A bunch of mounts And and racks here Mm -hmm. Which ones were water That we're looking at
2: That guy came out Of a swamp He was actually I could hear his foot Feet in water but it was a like a, it was in Maine, so it was, it was like a. Uh, uh, what do you want? He's come? a hammer
1: too. That's a big Maine buck too, man. Yeah, I mean his neck is huge, but, it, it, but for Maine, like the rack is.
2: Yeah, big. he was. Uh, he's got three and a half inches broke off that main beam, and he's one fifty nine yeah. and six eighths with, with that, and he was two seventeen dressed. <sighs> so on yeah. uh, November eleventh,
1: how big was his neck, dude? Look, that neck is. Ah, just-
2: uh, the form is a full size form. It's twenty six and a half behind the ears. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's big. Damn.
1: Yep. But what about... Uh, it's a one?
2: mountain buck from Connecticut. Mountain yep. buck from Connecticut? Yep.
1: Nice. Yeah, um, that's a big one, too. That's a big old mainframe eight there. Like, yeah,
2: 152. That's a huge yeah. eight, man. Net. That's
1: crazy. Yep. That's bananas.
2: Yep. That buck was uh, not in water, but it was water access, so okay. he got a canoe ride.
1: Nice. That, those are always fun, dude. Yep. I love those.
2: That buck, the only reason why he's there is... uh. A friend that's – I can tell you every rack, everything you see in here, there's only one deer in my house that was ever somebody else. I sat in their tree stand because they said go over and sit. My son, I was still – I was filming hunts at the time, and um, I have a very good friend that helped me get into it, and we were filming for a group of – an outdoor group, and um, he had some private land, and he was trying to film – Tony, my oldest son, mm-hmm. shoot a deer with a bow. So I said, "That's fine, dude. Yeah, if you if you'd like to, uh, like I'll bring him by, drop him off, and then I'll go over to some state land that I know up the road." And he's like, "Ah, no, no, just come and you can sit in one of my my tree stands." And I was like, "Uh, that feels dirty to me, man. No, no, I'm Sorry, <laughs> I can't do it." And he's like, "No, no, no, just come on." Right. He's like, because that way you're right here. If if you're when he shoots tonight, and he thought he was gonna, you know, right. when he shoots tonight, you'll be here. You'll be right here, and yeah. you can just come across the field, and we can. It'll be great. We can run two cameras on the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, or I can get you and him tracking it, and you know it was gonna be a good filming thing. I went in there, and I hadn't shot a, a self filmed deer at the time. Right. And I'm in his stand, and next thing you know, that deer, man, it tr- kind of tricked me. It was back in a bedding area it came out into this little feeder creek and the feeder creek had algae a lot of algae and moss and stuff mm-hmm. in it and that deer sat there and ate moss <laughs> for like 20 minutes before it came out and then it started coming out and i was like oh, uh, it tricked me you know what i mean Like right. and i was like oh, i don't know yep all right yep I've never filmed one. on self filming, and i right. you know what I mean. Like so, I had the camera. I got them all on film. Nice, all on film, and the recovery awesome. on film, and everything. And here, yeah, I probably shot one of his up and comers.
1: What's a, uh, what's that one?
2: That one there was water. Uh, water. That, that water? was. Um, I'm not gonna tell you exactly where it came from. But it's relatively local. <laughs> <laughs> relatively local. A but, local yeah. water. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Yep. And what about what about this one here?
2: That one here is a wildlife management area in South Jersey. Okay. Nice. Yep. That What's was that? a trad bow with out uh, of that was my first buck out of a saddle. Really? Yep. Okay, nice. So
1: Velvet here behind me.
2: Yep. Delaware.
1: Okay. Nice.
2: Yep. Uh Thanksgiving morning, South Jersey That uh, was a Thanksgiving morning buck too. That was a Thanksgiving morning buck as well. Wow. Yep. What year was that? Uh s- I want to say nine. Nine, nine. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then yeah, well, there's that's, other racks around here and stuff like yeah, that. There's a bunch more out in the shop. Out in the stuff. shop. is yeah. all the yeah ones that don't get mounted, but yeah. yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. So the reason that he's there is because, first of all, it's the only private land buck I ever shot, and it was self-filmed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the self-filming being my first self-filmed buck. Dude, like, that's awesome. It's like like 2011 or something like that. Yeah. It, there's some, you know.
1: I still can't get over how big... Like that, Maine buck Mm -hmm. is and that Connecticut mountain buck. Like that's because people don't think of Connecticut having big deer, and that's, I mean, as an eight point, that is a giant. It's 152. Yeah. I mean, anything, an eight point over 130 is a big eight point. 232 dressed, a mountain buck. Yeah. Yeah. And his neck is huge too. He's all swole up. Yeah. Damn. Well, awesome, man. I wanna. I don't want to take up any more of your time, dude. We've been here all day, tuning arrows, shooting bows, yeah. chopping it, it was up, a great dude. Day, dude. Dude, it, it was, was an awesome day. day, brother. I appreciate you having me having me down. I, I appreciate-, appreciate you coming over, like, dude.
2: and and for you to show the interest in in something new. And I I can't wait to see you kill an awesome buck this year because you're on bucks. You're, yeah. you're, you're doing it now. Yeah. They're starting to flow, bro.
1: They're, it, the, the faucet has been open. Yes. It seems,
2: it seems they're starting to flow. But,
1: but before I get out of here, man, uh, let people know where they can follow along with you and check out things that you have going on.
2: Yeah. So, uh, John White and I have the sequel learners podcast. <laughs> so there's a lot of things on Spotify and all the different platforms for, for podcasts. You can see some of that. Like I said, uh, that we talked about earlier, we're taking a little break right now, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, like like I, uh, you know, I, I think I told you uh, off uh, air, like you know, weren't, we've never been as consistent as some of you right. guys, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like we've right. had some good runs and that kind of stuff, but we've never right. been that consistent. Right. It's hard to put things together, yeah. man. It really well, is. Well, that,
1: and you do a lot of stuff on Instagram now too, especially yeah. like if you're, if you're someone who's uh, interested in trad and, you know, learning more about. Tuning arrows and stuff like that. I started watching like the stories you've been doing. One because I knew we were going to hang out, and yeah. two because I'm just interested in it to learn about it. And you do a good job of breaking down like your process, and you're just basically bringing people along with how you set up your stuff for yeah. like the postseason. So you're shooting or just building your hunting arrows and stuff like that, and get and get dialed in. And yeah, and it's super helpful. So if people are out there listening. Yeah,
2: So, so w- real quick on that. So this time of year, the beginning of the year, to me, it, it's like the last few years is one of the times where I started at the beginning of the year. I finished out a bow season, and I said, next year I'm going trad. Right. So I utilized this time of year to start building a new bow. That was my time. And it, for me, if anybody's ever going to make the switch, now is the time. So for yeah. me, it's always been like January, February, do some I'm scouting and shed hunting and all that kind of stuff, but... In the long run, I'm trying to brainwash people into coming over to Trad and giving them the push that they need, you know what I mean, right, to, to yeah. try it. Just try it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, watch that mystical flight of the arrow. Watch that arrow fly again. Yeah. Dude, you pull out a compound ball, you, can't, you just know when you hit. Yeah. You, you don't get to see the flight. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the way that it is nowadays. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, get out there. Enjoy the great outdoors. Go seek wilderness. Go do epic stuff. And watch your arrow kill yeah. stuff man that yeah. that's what it's all about yeah. it's awesome
1: yeah I'm, I'm stoked to try it this year and 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 throw it into the arsenal and uh you'll be th- you'll be one of the first people i text when uh whenever whenever it comes to fruition but uh, good but thanks again buddy i appreciate yeah. you dude
2: yeah absolutely
1: all right folks that is a wrap for today's show i'd like to thank all of you for listening and if you haven't yet please head over to itunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast and while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, we need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, and Genesee Beer. And until next time, we'll see y'all.